Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. What is up? It is your boy Johnny Mags back at you once again for the, another edition of the All Angels Podcast recording April 26, 2018. I am not joined, as always, by Daniel Garcia today. Uh, Daniel decided that um, he needed to go watch a certain movie today. I can't hate. I actually do want to watch uh, Infinity Wars, so... Um, have fun with that, Dan. I know he's having a he's gonna have a good time watching that. And the reason I'm I'm recording early today. Um, the reason I'm not recording with Chris Curator Johnson is because uh, I got coaching duties I need to attend to later tonight. So uh, Chris and I doing the um, the podcast was out of the question because uh, of the the coaching duties that I had. And then tomorrow. We weren't going to be able to record a day late because I got something going on. Daniel and I, uh, well, actually, yesterday was my birthday. And so, uh, yesterday was my birthday. And so, we're having a birthday dinner for me tomorrow night. I know Daniel for sure has uh, confirmed his attendance. Uh, I believe Chris um, I believe Chris has something going on. But uh, it's all good. So, that's why I can't record with Chris tonight. So, the only time I was able to record was like right now, which is 3.04 in the afternoon on Thursday, April 26th. So, cool thing about that is off day. Angels had an off day today. 
And I'll get into actually like uh, the schedule coming up. But I will review the week that we had. Um, let me turn off this music because it's still going here. Ah, there we go. I will actually review the week like we always do. Um, so here we go. Let's get into it. Now, this is a little weird. If you guys who have been fans of the podcast for a while, uh, I used to do this by myself. And the reason that I was so inconsistent with it was because, man, I had no one to bounce information with. Um, Daniel's the stat guy, the numbers guy, you know, so he helps out big time. So I'm, I'm missing him right now, too. And then, you know, I haven't done a, a podcast with the curator yet, but I have interviewed the curator on the show. And we flowed really, really well. So, you know, this is going to be a little, you guys got to bear with me if I, if I mumble and ramble on. So, um, let's just get into it, man. Uh, we recorded on Thursday last week. Um, as we were finishing up the recording, I think the angels were getting into like the first inning. And so, uh, we had talked about that on that podcast that Tropiano had pitched great the day before he was on the hill against, uh, Boston, we had lost the first two to Boston, uh, heading into that game on Thursday on the 19th, and things just didn't get better. Uh, the Angels lost that game eight to two. Tropiano pitched five and uh, five and one thirds of an inning, throwing seven, uh, giving up seven hits, five earned runs, two walks, and three strikeouts. Um, but I think the story of it again was the offense's inability to stay with the Red Sox. Uh, the offense, you know, two runs on four hits. I mean. You know, when you're playing a team like Boston, who is just in the two previous games were just destroying you, um, you need to be able to like cash in on situations where you have runners on second and third or runners in scoring position with less than two outs. You have to take advantage. You you, you can't uh, let those opportunities slip. And that's where in that game, uh, it looks like the Angels were kind of just from the beginning. I mean, playing from behind is never fun. Um, no matter how good your offense is. When you're playing from behind, you already dug yourself a hole. You already feel like you need to. Man, we're already losing. We got to score. It's, it sucks to be that way. Um, Mookie Betts let the game off with a home run. Quickly, we were down one nothing right away. Um, and then we were down 2 nothing, And I think it, we ended up like 2-1. to one, And then from there, it was just like, oh. It kind of just like the wheels fell off again on us. Like they had the two previous games. So... Angels dropped the finale of that three-game set to the Boston Red Sox on the 19th on Thursday. 8-2, to two, sweeping. They swept us. Uh, Boston swept us. I mean, going into that series, this was going to be our first true test, quote-unquote. How are the Angels going to do against a solid team? And they didn't show up. In that three-game set, the Angels' offense was outscored 27-3. to 27-3. We scored... A run in the previous game and got shut out the game before, or it could be vice versa. But twenty-seven to three in a three-game set for one, the offense isn't scoring, and two, twenty-seven runs in three games, the pitching isn't doing their job. So in that three-game set, the Angels' wheels just the it fell off the wagon. I mean, that was just brutal. So we were all glad to see uh, Boston head out of town, not only because I hate them so much and. Uh, their accents and their khaki cargo shorts, but well, I got khaki cargo shorts too, but I don't act douchey. Um, we were glad to see them out, but then in comes the San Francisco Giants, who by no means are a great team, but they're not the uh, Miami Marlins. You know, they're not they're not horrible. 
but they're by no means a very good team. And the offensive struggles continued. The pitching struggles continued for the Angels. We lost that game on the 20th of April, 8-1 to to the Giants. 8-1. to Andrew Heaney pitched four and a thirds, gave up six hits on seven earned runs, two walks, and six strikeouts. That's just, we've been talking about it from the beginning of the season. Even when we were winning games, we were talking about how the Angels pitching staff just has not been able to get deep into games. Heaney on this night, four and a third. It's just not, it's just not going to get it done, guys. Um, the only offense we had was one run. We had four hits, guys, in that game. I believe we only had, four. we had five hits. Four of those hits came from two guys. Trout and Otani each had two hits in that game. Aside from that, the Angels, there was only one more hit from one other person. I didn't bother to, bother to check. Eight to one was the final score in this game. And it just, it seems like it just carried over into this series, the series against the Red Sox. Um, just an inability to get guys on, an inability to get guys you know, from, you know, when a situation comes where we have a runner on second and less than no, less than two outs, not able to get that person in, bit us in the butt again. So the struggles continue. That was four losses in a row. So heading into Saturday night, we needed a, a start. We needed a starter to go past five and it happened. Uh, the Angels finally got off the, the losing streak there. Got a win on Saturday, the 21st. The Angels won four to three. Behind six innings of Garrett Richards, five hits, two runs, one walk. He struck out 11. I think, you know, with Garrett, he's a strikeout guy. They they say it on the TV. They say he's a ground out, a ground ball pitcher that can can get can strike guys out. But 11 Ks, you know, that's going to get your pitch cup your pitch count up. And I think that's why we only saw Richards go six innings that day. Um, that game too, I think, was a. Uh, was one of those games where it could have gone either way. Um, you know, uh, it was just one of those games where you're like, oh man, considering the struggles the Angels had coming up into that game, you're a little concerned that maybe, you know, oh man, the Giants are going to come back. Um, you know, the, the, the Angels scored four runs on six hits. Now, you know, that's a little deceiving too. Um, the six hits, three of those came from Mike Trout. Uh, Mike Trout went three for four that night. Mike Trout, you know, Consistently has been the, um, you know, just the standout star of the offense, needless to say. I mean, he's the GOAT, right? Um, but, you know, that was a game the Angels needed to win, you know? Like, okay, cool. We, we, we lost losing streaks over. You know, let's, 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 let's get back to it. And then on Sunday, Angels went back to the loss column. They lost 4-2. to two, Um now here, now here's the thing, you know, Berea, who had pitched the week before decently, um, you know, uh, got the start, but he only pitched two innings. Um, he gave up five hits on two runs. He walked one. Now you're going, well, he pitched two innings. Well, that's nothing. You got to remember he had a, a battle with Brandon Belt. They went 21 pitches. If you guys haven't seen the highlights of this or just go YouTube it, Brandon Belt. Saw 21 pitches from Jaime Berea. Um, it was ridiculous. Uh, just a foul ball after foul ball. I think they set the modern day record for most pitches in an at-bat. Um, and this became a bullpen game, guys. Um, Ramirez, Parker, Cam. 
Jim Johnson, Alvarez, and Middleton each came in. The bullpen allowed two runs on six hits. Uh, or actually, no, I'm sorry. The Angels scored two runs on six hits. Um, again, it, it, it seemed like they just weren't offensively in sync. They hadn't been since the start of the series against the Red Sox. It just, the Angels offense just was kind of like, I don't know, the wheels were spinning and they just weren't going anywhere. And, um, you know, it was a struggle. Um, I mean, I'm looking at the paper right now, you know, that I have written down in front of me. And just from these one, two, three, four games that I reviewed just right now, and I'm looking at the scores, the Angels two, that's two, that's three runs, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine runs in these four games here um, that I am reviewing. That's pretty, that's not very good considering, you know, we gave up eight, eight, three, four. Yeah, it's, oh, uh, yeah. So, Angels dropped the series, their second straight series loss to the Giants, two games to one. Again, offensively just wasn't happening. Pitching wasn't getting the job done, going deep into the games. You know, quality starts, we talked about quality starts. If you can go six innings, give up three or less runs, that's a quality start. It just seems like we weren't getting that, you know. So Monday rolls around, and here's another quote-unquote test. Going up against the Houston Astros, who had won six in a row going and coming into this game. And obviously the defending world champions, the Angels were set to face Garrett Cole, who at the time had like a 0.something ERA, I don't know, 0.94 ERA in four starts. And, you know, we needed to battle, at least stay competitive. You know, it seemed like the Angels hit the fifth inning and the wheels fall off and, and everything starts to happen. You can't avoid that one inning. But, you know, we needed at least the starters to get deep. And in this matchup against Garrett Cole, you knew that, man, this is going to be a tough, tough battle for the offense, you know, considering the struggles they had gone through. So, we also needed, though, the pitching to step up. And Tyler Skaggs was the guy to take the hill. And boy, did he freaking deliver. Uh, by far, probably the best start the Angels have had. Better than Otani's start, in my opinion. Considering going into this game, how we were struggling. Only winning one out of the last five games or whatever it was. So in this game on Monday the 23rd, the Angels actually took the win. Two to nothing against the Astros. Tyler Skaggs, seven innings pitched, no runs, four hits, one walk, three Ks. Wasn't, you know, wasn't striking guys out, but had guys off balance. His breaking ball looked good. That changeup looked just beautiful. He he threw it, and he was able to get guys out in front and ground guys over. Um, You know, Garrett Cole pitched great, too. He made two mistakes. He made gave up, um, what, that single to uh, Calhoun and that double to Upton. You know, I mean, that's really all it was. Um, Garrett Cole pitched great, and the Angels got to him. Uh, enough. Uh, what kept us in this game was Tyler Skaggs. Skaggs was able to pitch seven innings, four hits. Beautiful. And then in came the rookie Anderson, who no one knew who he was, a few people, but man, he came in throwing heat. Uh, he did give up two hits and got kind of sketchy there for a second. Um, came in and just got a huge, huge out. Um, he was in front of just, you know, his hometown crowd. He had a 50, they said like he gave 50 tickets out for free that day. Um, so he was, he came in and did a job on his major league debut. Um, Keenan Middleton got the save. Uh, the final out was made on a kind of like a, I don't know how the, how you, uh, they said never make the third out at 
the third out at third. Would never make the final out at third for sure. Uh, Keenan Haverner's on first and second. I think it was Gonzalez or Gurriel. I'm not too sure who it was. Uh, threw a slider or a fork bar in the dirt. They got out in front of uh, Maldonado. Kind of bounced to his left. And it was it got out pretty far in front of him. But, you know, when you have the opportunity to win the game with a home run there, um, you might not want to take that chance, you know. Uh, ball gets out in front of him. Maldonado picks the ball up. Does a spin move throw to third. V right to the bag. Valbuena just laid the tag straight down. Uh, the runner just, his his hand just slid right into the glove. And for whatever reason, the third base umpire called him safe. Um, immediately, Valbuena was like, nope, you better check that. Uh, as soon as they showed the replay, you knew he was out. No question. I don't know what the umpire was looking at. The umpire was standing right over the play, too. I don't. I have no idea what he was looking at. Um, thank God for, you know, instant replay now, because otherwise you got second and third with the opportunity where a base hit ties the game up. But that game ends on that. A side note from that too was Calhoun broke out for, on an 0 for 20 slump with an RBI single. It was set up by, I think a single by Luis Valbuena. Uh, up then, uh, broke an 0 for 21 slump. He had an RBI double. They got home Trout who had, I think, singled before that and then stole the base. So, uh, great pitching in that game. You know, Anderson was able to come in and, and get a solid inning. I mean, obviously it was a little sketchy, but he got himself out of it, showed showed character in the young guy, and then Keenan came in and got the safe. So, great pitching there. Pitching wins games, you know, uh, especially against a team like the Houston Astros. When you look up and down that lineup, I mean, wow. Let me get a drink real quick. Ooh. All this straight talking and not resting, letting Dan talk, getting me tired. Well, the Angels pick up the win. Huge win in Houston against the defending champions, division rivals, battle for first place. I don't really, this whole first place thing, I'm not really like, you know, kind of, oh, we're in first place right now. I just want to stay close for right now. It's still April. I don't really look at how many games ahead or how many games back we are in first place. That's just me. Okay, so Tuesday the 24th, and it was Otani Tuesday. Uh, last Tuesday, we went to Taco Station here in Riverside, and uh, well, if you guys listen to our podcast, it didn't go as well. Tony got lit up by the uh, Red Sox, and so did everybody else, by the way. The blister situation. But uh, you know, start, and that's what we were hoping for, because um, you knew the Astros getting shut out the game before, you knew they were going to come out swinging, they weren't going to, like, again, you know, the situation, the the likely situation of that happening wasn't great, you know, would be able to kind of, um, you know, hold them in check somewhat. But it was a tough game, man. The Angels battled. This is, you know, the Angels got the victory 8-7. to Otani, he was okay. Uh, he pitched five in the third, gave up six hits, four earned runs. He had five walks. He was a little kind of, a little erratic from time to time. But, you know, I, I, I place a little bit of blame on that home plate umpire. He was pinching 
the the strike zone a lot, but he did it on both sides. You can't just say it was for the Angels or for the Astros. This guy was definitely a batter's umpire. Uh, pitchers were getting just squeezed. Both of them were. Um, but it's still, you know, Tani got himself in a lot. Of, he got deep in accounts. Um, I just felt like maybe he just wasn't didn't have command of his breaking ball as much as he did. The fastball was there. He reached up 101 miles an hour a few times. Um, but, you know, it was a decent start. Um, you would have liked to have him go further a little bit. But, you know, he got into the six. Just wasn't, you know, got that final out. That, you know, his final out of, with a strikeout. But then Alvarez came in and gave up a two-run home run to um, Brian McCann. And the uh, Astros took the lead there. So, you know, the only thing that could happen to Otani was him get the loss. But the Angels ended up going ahead. Um, story of the night was Anderson Simmons with two home runs in the game. You know, he had a three-run go-ahead home run in the seventh, I believe, that just was key. Uh, before that, Albert had hit a double to tie the game at five. And then Simmons's three-run shot put us ahead eight to five. The Angels were able to hold on and win eight to seven. Got a little sketchy there, but the back end of that bullpen shut it down. Anderson Ramirez and Cam got the save. Got a little sketchy again, like I said, but we got the save. Now, one thing that stood out to me, they were not even talking about Trout hit his tenth home run of the season, league-leading tenth home run of the season at the time in the first inning off of Charlie Morton. Angels had a lot of opportunities early in the game to score runs in that game. Uh, Charlie Morton like dug himself a lot of holes, and the Angels just weren't able to cash in. Morton, I think, only gave up four runs that game. Um, they could there could have been more. The offense just couldn't do it. And here's what it is: this is the thing that stood out to me. Um, it looked like the top guys were getting on, but the bottom half of that lineup got uh, combined 0 for 14. Kozar, Calhoun, Young, and Maldonado. 0 for 14. So that says a lot. The guys up in front are getting on. The guys in the back weren't weren't driving them in. You know. Um, luckily, we weren't. You know, that didn't come back to bite us in the butt. Later, we were able to win the game. But there was again, I think opportunities in the fourth, third, fourth, and fifth where we had runners on second and third. We had the base loading to one out at one point, and we were we were only able to score one run. Um, in the inning where Morton got you know knocked out, where he pitched four innings. In that fourth or in that fifth, we got the first two runners on. And I think they even advanced second and third. And came Peacock. Angels weren't able to score a run. I mean, I, I remember texting Dan in our group text and with Chris. I said, man, that's... You can't continue not to like... The Astros are a team where you, if you have them down, you better put your foot on their throat. And the Angels gave them the opportunity by not scoring runs to let their offense come back. And they did. They came back, took the lead. Luckily, our offense was able to again score a couple more runs. The bullpen back in was able to shut them down. So in that game, though, the Astros had 14 hits. So that just tells you that the back end of that bullpen and the pitching staff kind of barely, you know, you know, manned up and, and put the pedal to the metal and like, oh, let's close this baby down. And they did. Oh, heart attack. Not nail biter of a game. All right, so Wednesday, so Angels win that game. So already we, we won the series against the Astros heading into yesterday's game. And I'm going to be 110% honest with you guys. Yesterday was my birthday, and I worked. So at 11.10 in the morning when the game started, I was in my, like, middle of my shift at work. So I didn't really watch this game. I watched highlights. The Angels lost 5-2. to two. Jason Verlander, I mean, Verlander is 
top echelon pitcher. Um, him, Kershaw, Scherzer. Those are guys where you look at and you're like, man, that's going to be bad. And I was talking to, to Daniel about how, like, even on a bad day, you know, guys like Verlander and Kershaw are better than, like, 90% of, like, major league pitchers. Uh, Verlander pitched seven, gave up uh, four hits, two earned runs, nine strikeouts. One of those runs was given a uh, home run to Albert Pujols. You know, um, so Pujols hit the home run. Um, Angels just couldn't score runs in this game. Tropiano pitched for the Angels. Again, only five and a third. Um, gave up four hits, four runs, three walks, six strikeouts. Not bad, but you... you Again, you, you would like our pitchers to go at least six, and it just, it's been a story of that fifth inning almost, you know. Um, can't get past that five and a third mark. Um, been the story of the season for the starters this year. Um, another thing that stood out to me, me looking at the box score, the top three of the Angels lineup was 0 for 12 against Fernando, and the bottom three were 0 for 9. That's just not going to get it done. So offensively, after a game where the Angels scored eight runs, we go back and we only scored two. Top three, 0 for, 0 for 12, and top bottom three, a combined 0 for 9. Um, definitely against against a guy like Verlander, it just is not going to get the job done. That's That just needs to, uh, if you're going to want to win games, you're going to have to score runs, you know, obviously, Captain Obvious here, right? But And then you, your pitching staff has to go at least six, six and less than three. We've talked about it before. All right, so we're going to take a quick break, or I'm going to take a quick break from uh, from this just for a second so we can get a word from our sponsors. Um, after the break, we'll come back and we'll answer, you know, we'll go over the poll question for the week uh, that we have every Monday at Halo Haven, Halo underscore Haven on Twitter, and uh, we'll go over the poll question in just a second after a word from our sponsors. Hey, what's up? Johnny Catfish here, ambassador for Groom Goon Beard and Body Care. Are you tired of your beard feeling rough and not so fresh? Do yourself a favor and do what I did and check out www.groomgoon.com. Groom Goon carries a variety of beard oils and beard and body soaps that will leave your beard feeling soft and smelling great all day long. Don't just take my word for it. Go check it out for yourself. Again, that's www.groomgoon.com. And at checkout, use discount code CATFISHTHEGOON, all one word, CATFISHTHEGOON, and receive 15% off your purchase. Why choose Groom Goon? Well, because your beard deserves it. This is Hook Vicious. Listen to my show, The Punk Corner, on KJ Epic Radio, every Thursday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. My name is Shohei Otani. Oh, hey there, Shohei. <laughs> what is up? We're back. This is a quick word from our sponsors. We will have another sponsor coming on soon here. Uh, so uh, we'll have another commercial to run for you guys. But go ahead and check out our sponsors, www.groomgoon.com. Beard and body care needs. Uh, not just if you have a beard, but you know you want to smell good. There's a lot of fragrances for women as well. Essential oils that you can use on your skin. Shampoos for men and women. Uh, for your hair, not just for your beard. For your hair. Bath and body soaps. Um, just a variety of, of awesome scents and great product from GroomGoon.com. And of course, 
www.epicradiotv.com, the punk corner, every Thursday from 5 to 7. So thank you guys. All right, here's our poll question. As we do every Monday, Daniel goes on and, and, and you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be like what's happening in the world of baseball at the time or it's usually, I mean, it usually has to do with baseball. What I'm talking, it doesn't necessarily have to do with what's happening in the week as far as like angel stats or pitchers or anything like that. Sometimes it could be just, you know, what stadium do you like the best or anything. But this one kind of did uh, have to do with, you know, the Angels week. Um, so the poll question was, after a tough week of baseball, what do you feel is the reason for the Angels' recent struggles? And we're talking about, you know, after the, the trip from Kansas City, coming into Boston, you know, getting swept, and then dropping two out of three from, from the uh, Giants, you know, um, the crash, you know, we, what was happening? So the options were starting pitching. Cold offense, competition, and bullpen. You know, this one was pretty, uh, pretty, the margin was, was big. Uh, 65% of you said starting pitching. Um, 29% said cold offense. Uh, 6% said comp- competition, and 0% said the bullpen. I think you guys nailed it. We all nailed it 100% with the bullpen. Can't blame the bullpen for having to have to come in consistently in the fifth inning. Um, if it seems like the bullpen is fifth, sixth, seventh inning, eighth, ninth, five, six, seven, eight, ninth inning, you know, it, it just seems that way. And they've been doing a great job of kind of just limiting the damage and, and actually closing out games. When we have a 15 and nine record, um, and a lot of it has to do with the bullpen coming in and shutting it down, you know, whether it be the back end or middle relief, you know, we've had guys step up big time. Uh, 6% was a competition, and I was a devil's advocate here and pick uh, competition because everyone had picked starting pitching, and I thought that was obvious. Um, and I thought the offense was obvious. So I was being, I was being a devil's advocate, and I picked competition for sake of competition, I guess. Um, I just felt like we were beating easy teams. And I understand. Uh, beating easy teams is something you have to do, and good teams have to be teams that they have to beat. Have, 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 have. Uh, no, good teams need to beat teams that they have to beat. That's a mark of a good team. You have to get the job done. And the Angels have. They beat the Royals, the A's, you know, the Rangers. Um, but our first true test against the Red Sox was just brutal. Um, it was both offense and starting pitching that, that, that bit us in the butt. But I also felt like the Red Sox came in and just showed us, look, we're a good team all around. Boom. You know, I just felt that they did that. They just, we, I felt like maybe we came into that really scared of them for some reason. I don't know. Um. But I also, I'm not dumb, and I'm not going to say that it wasn't the offense or, or the pitching. Because it was both. I think it was a combination of all three. Because a good team is not going to let you slide by not scoring runs. And a good team is not going to let you slide by letting you have a crappy pitching performance and you know stay in the game with them. They're going to take advantage of your crappy pitching performances. And that's why I felt like the competition made the difference there. Now, maybe not with the Giants because they're not very good. But again, we got beat because of starting pitching and cold offense. So, I thought it was pretty obvious answer to go with with the starting pitching. Um, I just feel I just felt like, you know, it's, it was captain obvious, being captain obvious there. But competition had something to do with it with the Red Sox. Um, not to say that we can't beat the Red Sox. I just felt like we were shell-shocked. Like, after that first game that Otani's blister blew up and we got murdered, I think that really kind of, like, shocked the Angels. And then, But they, they came back against the Astros and showed that we can beat good teams. You know, we kind of battled through those two games there that we won. Obviously, ran into freaking Justin Verlander, you know. But 
two out of three from the the Astros in Houston. You can't let that slide and say, oh, they got lucky. No, I mean, they pitched, they battled against three really great pitchers. It's not like Verlander completely shut us down. We scored two runs off him. They just happened to score a few more runs than we did. We lost that third game, but we won two out of three. So that has a lot to say about the competition. Like, you know, but at the time that this was, I just felt like I'm going to pick competition just to not be so obvious with the obvious answers, which was starting pitching 65%, cold offense 29. So again, thank you guys for participating in the poll questions that we have. You know, we get good responses. We get a good, good little feedback. There's some people that kind of comment on there too, but you know, we, like we said, uh, Daniel does a good job of kind of getting on there on Mondays and setting up the poll question. And we'll kind of quickly discuss it between ourselves and then Dan will put it up there. So moving ahead from that. Okay, let's look into the upcoming schedule. You know, the Yankees are coming into town. Uh, well, here's the, here's the thing. We, okay, this is what I talked about earlier in the game. We had, um, let me, uh, let's see. Oh, well, today's an off day, obviously. So there's no game today which allows them to travel from Houston to here, which isn't too far. But they don't play today. They play Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, right, at home. And then they have an off day on Monday again. So it seems like the Angels, you know, with the rain delay or the uh, postponement of the game in Kansas City, and then the off day after that, and then we had an off day today, and and then an off day on Monday. That just seems like a lot of rest, which is good, I guess. But let's just hope that, it kind of evens itself out towards the end of the year where we're kind of burnt out and we could use those couple of days of rest. I know they added a few more days of rest uh, this season. But it seems like we've had a few pretty good off days here. So it just it's just awkward to me that you have an off day within five days of each other. You know, off day today, which is Thursday. Then you have another off day on Monday. So they play Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You take a day off on Monday. Then they're back at it against Baltimore at the Big A Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I will try to be there Thursday for Poncho Night. I'm I'm almost 100% sure Daniel's going. Um, try to see if the curator wants to go with me. And then we head to Seattle, but we'll talk about that on our next podcast. So, I mean, it doesn't get any easier with the Yankees coming into town. Um, but then the Orioles come in, and that's a team that you should be. Can't get overconfident, but the Angels need to win those games against Baltimore. At least try to take 203. The thing with the, with the Yankees is... You know, obviously, offensively, they're juggernaut, right? But, I mean, I don't think their pitching is all that great. They're much, I think they're a much more beatable team than the Red Sox were when they came into town. And I think they're a beat- more beatable team than the Astros, I, in my opinion. That's just me. I'm not going off any numbers or anything. That's just me. So, um, and then Seattle's a decent team. Over 500 for sure. All right. I'm going to start wrapping it up, but before I start wrapping it up, I'm going to get into listener emails. You guys can email us every, you know, whenever you want at allangelspodcast at gmail.com. That's allangelspodcast at gmail.com. Comments, questions, concerns, anything you want to shoot the breeze about, about the angels, shoot it over our way. We'll do our best to try to answer your email questions. And I'll read them, you know, since Daniel's not here and I want to fill a little more time, I don't want to end the show at 30 minutes, I'm going to read the questions, and I want to thank you guys. Our first question came three days ago from Mike Vigil. He said, wow, what a week, huh? Offense was just not has just not really produced like it did in those games against other teams, LOL. Is this just a taste of what we're going to be, hot and cold, up and down? 
That's a that's a that's a tough question because the baseball season is just a it's a roller coaster, right? I hate to sound cliche, but it's it's a series of ups and downs. You're gonna have your ups, you're gonna have your downs. It's a 162 game season. There's game. There's like you know. There's a period of time where you play like 12 games in a row before you get a day off. Um, you know, this is a game of failures. You know, when you go three for ten, you're batting 300, but that means you made out seven times. So, you know, it's just a matter of like you're going to have your losses and you're going to have your peaks and valleys and it's just a series of that. So to say is this team going to be up and down? Yeah, of course it is. But uh, I mean, are you saying that they're going to they're going to either all or nothing? That's hard to say. It's still April. Um, you know, guys like Calhoun and Upton are struggling right even Cozart is struggling big time right now. I mean, this lineup's not filled with Mike Trout's, like, up and down the lineup. Um, solid players without a doubt. But to say this, you know, are they going to be up and down? It's like, well, of course they are. It's a 162-game season. Um, but I think they're a little more consistent. They're going to be a little more consistent with a lot you know, a lot of people are giving them that, you know. They're going to be a lot more consistent than, than we think, in my opinion. Next, the uh, email comes from Jason Kemp. What's up, Jason? Thank you for uh, emailing us. He said, what a great performance by Skaggs on Monday night against a very good offense in the Astros. Why do you guys think Skaggs is so up and down? Another up and down question. Is it just believing in his stuff, or do you feel he's he's still maturing? And if it's a maturing, shouldn't he be pretty far along already? And do you see this rotation turning things around? Uh, Up and down, up and down, up and down. Again, ups and downs. I already said that. Um, is it him believing in his stuff or maturing? I don't. I don't know if he's still maturing. The injury has to do a lot with it. I mean, I think if you have a serious injury like that, you know, you have to find yourself. You know, you have to become a different type of pitcher. Um, he is a lefty, which helps him because lefties are more known to be the the junk type pitcher, off speed kind of guy. Um, I can't really pinpoint it with Skaggs. You're right. I mean, he's either all or nothing, too. Um, but, you know, when when I look at Skaggs, and I give him more credit than I think a lot of people I've seen on social media, I like Skaggs. I like his stuff. I like what he brings to the table. Him and Heaney. I feel like they have a... a like, they can be better than they are. And I just don't know what it is with them where, you know, you're right. They're both old enough. Heaney, not, I think Skaggs is a little older. But even Heaney, I think they're old enough now to where, like, the maturing thing, you need to kind of take that off the plate and say, no, it's not maturing. I think really honestly, like you said in your email, it's just believing in your stuff. The same thing goes with Garrett Richards. Garrett Richards needs to just trust his stuff. They get too cute with two strikes. They end up getting guys on when they had them 0-2 with two outs. And then that two-out walk gets us, bites us in the butt. Seems to happen a lot. So I guess... I would have to say that maybe trusting in your stuff, yeah, absolutely. Saying, you know what, I'm going to go and attack this guy. I mean, he hits it hard somewhere. I got enough defense behind me that I don't have to worry about, you know, it getting through. And if it does, it does. I made my pitch and he hit it. And do you think this rotation turns around? I sure hope so. And I don't even think it's about turning it around so much. I think it's more, God, pitch six innings for F sakes, you know. God, five and a third, four and a third, five and two thirds, you know. It's just, that's not going to, I mean, you're going to wear your bullpen out eventually. We're in April, and I don't even know. I haven't even looked at the numbers yet, but I don't even want to look at the amounts of innings pitched by the bullpen. It's got to be ridiculous. So I hope that they just really start to become innings eaters and keeping us in games. You know, we don't, I'm not expecting shutouts every game. Six innings, less, three or less runs, solid performance. You know? 
Duncan Healy sends us the next question. He says, wow, so early on and these two teams are battling. What a game last night. And I mean, he's referring to the 8-7 Angels win against Astros. Offense finally came through. That Astros team is tough up and down the lineup. And I'm not even mentioning the pitching. Looks like we got to them a bit. With the A's looking like they are coming around, do you guys see them being a legit contender? And do you guys think they will fall off a bit? I think the A's are a decent team. I just don't see them being at the level of the Angels and the Astros. Not now. That doesn't say that they can't, be, you know, go on a run and become like the Cinderella team because it has happened. And if anyone's going to do it, it's the flipping A's. Uh, for some reason, the A's are that team. You know, like that gritty. I think they call it green collar baseball. Um, they're a good team. They're, they're a decent team. What's going to bite them in the butt, and it showed early in the season against us, is their defense. Um, you have to make them make plays. And when that happens, you know, a lot of times they, they make errant throws. They, they bobble balls. They like, it's, it's, they're off, their offense is good. Their pitching is decent. Manea had a no-hitter the other day against the Red Sox. Um, but you have to be an all-around decent team and not just kind of base your winning percentage on one thing you're gonna have to be all around and defense wins games as well you know if you, you your pitching staff needs to be able to have that confidence in you behind him to say yeah i can throw a ground i can throw a pitch where they're gonna hit a ground ball right now i can get double the team will make double play or the third baseman can throw a guy out you know um they don't have that that's uh, that's pretty that's scary next one goes comes from daniel ortega what's up fellas my question is with new york coming in can the Angels pitching staff contain guys like Judge Stanton and Sanchez? Do you guys think it's going to be a battle of offense? Woo! Yeah, that's a scary lineup right there, man. It's the first time we get to see Stanton, Judge, and um, Sanchez. Not to mention, like, Didi Gregorius and, you know, Brett Gardner. And I mean, even, you know, we're leaving guys off. Um, that's a scary lineup. And the Angels' the Angels' uh, offense is pretty good, too. Um I don't want to jump ahead in that one. I just I want to see what's up. Um, it's going to come down to the Angels pitching and can they contain them? Um, let's sure hope so. <laughs> I don't want to make a a, a, a prediction on that because you know that's a that's scary. So his this email right here comes from a longtime listener and first time emailer. How about that? His name is Daniel Garcia. <laughs> he said with Richards pitching Saturday against the Yankees, under or over five and two thirds innings pitch for that game. Thank you. P.S. Your co-host is awesome. He's all right. <laughs> Will Richards go over, you know, the safe bet. And I told you, Daniel, I've told you this. Guys listening, if you ever get asked a question, you know, over under five innings for the Angels starting pitcher, I think your safe bet is to go with the under. It really is because it's just pretty sad that, you know, if you, I, I haven't looked at the actual box scores yet, but I, I, I'm curious to see how many guys have actually pitched into the sixth inning for us this year. It's it's probably a pretty bad number. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say under, bro, just to be safe. I hate to be like sound like a negative dude or, but dude, like other than than Skaggs the other night and Otani against Oakland, who's pitched in? Who's pitched seven? They're the only two, and I think maybe two more guys in two more games maybe pitched into the sixth inning. It's you know. That safe bet's going to under. It's that sad. And this is our quote-unquote ace. Hashtag not my ace. Is that your ace? Ace? Not mine. I don't know if we have an ace yet. It's something we might want to get into, you know, later in the year is if the Angels are, you know, relatively in the competition or in the run, will they go after a starting pitcher that's available? I think they have to. 
Um, but it's still too early to say. Our last email comes from Edward Vizcaino. He said, hey there, bit of a, <coughs> a bit of a rough stretch here, but we took two out of three from the Astros, so I'll take it. What's up with Calhoun? Seems like he's pressing way too much. Wow, if anybody is struggling big time, it is Cole Calhoun. I think, you know, I think Upton's right there with him struggling, but the fact that Upton kind of had that stretch where he was doing really well, kind of gives you, lets you kind of, doesn't look at him as bad as Calhoun. Calhoun's really, though, I mean, I think he had maybe a few games here. I've said this before. Calhoun can be the guy that's 5 for 5 in a game and then come back and go 0 for 5 with 4 strikeouts. But it seems like this has just kind of prolonged itself for this last like couple weeks. He he broke that 0 for 20 slump on what, that Tuesday night or Monday night with that hit. But then came back the next two games and did nothing. You know, so he's probably like 1 for 30. Um, it's just, you, you, I love Calhoun. I love his defense. I love his arm in the outfield. But, um, man, I, I just can't, you can't pinpoint that. I don't know what it is with Calhoun. You know, we're not there every day to see him. We don't, you know, I I don't know. He just, and it does look like he, it's more than just, man, it, it, it looks like a mental thing. It definitely, I'm pretty sure it's him just needing to have to kind of get things rolling his way. Maybe a bloop single here and a bloop single there can kind of get the ball rolling for him to kind of get going. Um. But he's going to have to get going because, you know, he's a valuable part in that lineup. A left-handed bat when Otani. My name is Shohei Otani. When Otani's not in the lineup, he's one of the very few that's lefties in the lineup. Him and Valbuena. You know, maybe when Valbuena's not playing and Otani's not playing, he might be the only lefty in the lineup. So you need somebody to have some more pop from that when Valbuena's not playing and when... My name is Shohei Otani isn't playing you're gonna need a guy like Cole Calhoun to step up so it's again April 26th right now first first month's not even over yet uh if this starts to kind of prolong itself then we have a problem but you know I don't know it's hard to answer that question um with Cole Calhoun all right guys that's gonna wrap it up with me man I'm gonna be 110% honest like my throat is hurting from talking so much it's actually a lot easier with Dan, man. <laughs> a lot easier. So definitely miss Daniel today. Miss the uh, curator. We hope to be back at Halo Haven headquarters sometime soon. We have yet to all three of us be together for a podcast since our uh, last spring training podcast. You know, when uh, we were joined by the Dose Leprechauns in studio at Halo Haven. That's the last time the three of us, the curator, Dan, the man, Garcia, and myself have been together for a podcast. And we've hung out together you know we've gone to you know the 66ers to interview joe hudson we've gone to uh we've been together at the 66ers truck cha trunky man we went to taco tuesday we've hung out a few times here and there but yet to do a podcast man that's crazy anyway follow us guys on instagram at halo underscore haven the same for twitter that's halo underscore haven facebook there's a actual like a like page and then there's like the actual page and it's all just halo haven that's halo haven h-a-v-n look us up and um i know dan has written a few blogs for the halo um i want to kind of get into that as well so stay tuned for us to kind of give you the information when blogs will drop but that's going to be at the halo haven.com t-h-e halo haven.com the halo haven.com uh, but again we'll, we'll let you guys know uh for sure when we're going to start to kind of like drop more blogs. Um, that's something that we find. I mean, I, Dan has done last two and 
that's something that I always was, you know, I love writing, journalism major, all that good stuff. So, you know, it's it's something that I've uh, I've always loved and I would love to kind of just get back into it. So that's going to wrap it up for us today, guys, or for myself. On behalf of Chris Security Johnson and Dan Garcia, you all have a great rest of your week. We'll catch you guys next week, next Thursday, for another edition of the All Angels Podcast. You all have a great rest of your week. See you guys at the Big A. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine.